Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a deep, 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 deep dive into nitric oxide. Now, this may not sound like the most fascinating or innovative topic, but let me tell you, by the time you're done with this episode, you are going to know so much about nitric oxide that, like me, you are pretty much going to add it to your list of foundational supplements, or at the very least, you're going to make sure that you test yourself for your nitric oxide levels to make sure that they are optimal. And this goes for you, whether you're unwell and you're dealing with a health issue, or even if you're healthy, if you're an athlete almost, well, frankly, everybody needs to make sure that these nitric oxide levels are optimized. My guest today is Beth Shirley. She is a pharmacist. She's also trained as a clinical nutritionist, but she has now been serving as the executive director of the Berkeley Life Professional Scientific Advisory Board, because since 2009, this person, this woman has been deep diving into the biochemistry of nitric oxide. And let me tell you, she knows a lot. So if um, you want to know more as well after this podcast, if you still want to know more, you can go to berkeleylife.com and that's their website. If you want to order their products, you can use the code. You need a professional code for this, all caps, N-I-D-D, as in David, David, B like Bob, L like Life, N-I-D-D-B-L, that would be the code for ordering. This is a professional product, so there's no discount here, but it basically gives you access to the testing kits and the products. If you get value from this podcast, or if you know anybody else who you think would get value from this podcast, number one, leave us a rating, and number two, share it out with your friends, your family, your networks, anybody who you think will also get value. I also have to mention that all of the information in this podcast is just for that, for information purposes only. We're not diagnosing, treating, or suggesting that you do anything different until you've spoken to your health professional or medical provider and made sure that this is right for you. To learn more about Berkeley Life, like I said, you can go to their website. Beth Shirley also has an incredible series of YouTube videos on nitric oxide. She's always posting new information and it's the Berkeley Life Professional page. You can also follow Berkeley Life Professional on Instagram as well for more information. If you're looking to reach me, it's natnidham.com is my website. When you go to the website, make sure that you sign up for my newsletter. I just launched it. It only comes out twice a month. Always have some great information in there. Recaps on previous podcasts, new products that I've discovered, things about the Facebook group, which of course is the other place that you can find me in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Facebook group. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you guys. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hey folks, just one quick announcement before we get into the podcast. And that is about the Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat that I am co-hosting with Dasha Maximov in the Dominican Republic, beautiful Dominican Republic, by the beach at the end of March of 2022. This is a five-day intensive. And ladies, I can't even begin to describe this to you now without making everybody really annoyed that I'm delaying the podcast. So I'm going to direct you to our website, which is at bit.ly forward slash 
Nat Retreat. Bitly is B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Nat Retreat. That's a capital N, capital R. And all the information is there. And of course, if you have any questions or you need more information, please don't hesitate to reach out to me either through my website, natnidham.com, through Facebook Messenger, in the Facebook group, or through my Instagram account. So thanks so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, Beth. It is so great to meet you in person, finally, after all this time. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, Beth, we've been interacting in the Facebook group, sort of, off and on for quite a while now. And then I had the pleasure of meeting, I don't think you, were you at the Peptide World Congress? So I didn't meet you there for some reason. I think I was so up in my head about doing my presentation that I was kind of spun out. (laughs) But um, anyway, I'm sad that I didn't meet you there, but we finally connected and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because we're having a conversation about this molecule that, you know, it gets, it gets a nitric oxide gets a fair amount of airplay, but I don't think that people really truly understand how foundational it is and how many different reasons why we need to keep it optimized there are. And that is what we are gathered here today to talk about. So, but before we jump into that, tell us about you. How did you become the nitric oxide expert that you are, Miss Beth? What, what got you here? Well, um, I became a pharmacist because I thought I was going to be helping people. But after 20 years of being a pharmacist, seeing people come back sicker and sicker and on more and more drugs, In 1997, I started studying and became a certified clinical nutritionist. So I became the pharmacist to go to, to if you wanted to get off of drugs or you didn't want to go down that road to begin with. Nice. And working in a a pharmacy, you just had a never ending um, supply of people that really didn't want to go down that path. Mm -hmm. And then in 2009, I got hooked up with the the Neo people, the Neo 40 people. Yep. And I and I helped with the formulation of that, helped with the initial marketing and um, uh, like hooking them up with distributors. So I've been in the nitric oxide world now since 2009. Wow. Which explains why you're such... And you have encyclopedic knowledge about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite topics for sure, because nitric oxide touches every single physiological function. Yeah, we were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast. And it's really, you know, I think that most people think of nitric oxide as a vasodilator and they're like, oh yeah, you need you need you need it for good good circulation. And I don't think people really spend that much time thinking about it unless they have a specific problem that involves circulation. And it could be blood pressure or microcirculation, whatever the case may be. But you know, from seeing all of the different webinars that you present and you present, I mean, you're very prolific on YouTube with these informational webinars on nitric oxide. It's kind of, and one of the reasons why I'm really excited about this podcast, quite apart from getting to talk to you, is that the nitric oxide touches so many different aspects of our health. You know, it was up there for me as an optimization supplement, and it's gradually now made its way down to that core of foundation supplements that it's starting to sound to me like most people should at least be having an eye on, if not taking. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, definitely with the company that you're working with now, and maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how you came to work with these guys, putting those testing strips in people's hands and helping them to be able to assess on a daily basis, you know, where am I at on, on this scale is very powerful, right? Because there's so many ways of affecting your nitric oxide. I mean, you have this great supplement here, but if somebody was to maybe commit to this, we could call it the nitric oxide boosting diet, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, they could theoretically possibly do it on their own, but, you know, putting these strips into people's hands is really a very powerful tool. Right. So we, we make the nitric oxide through two different pathways. One Mm -hmm. is through the arginine NOS nitric oxide synthase pathway. Yeah. And the other is through the nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway. However, this NOS pathway, it, it doesn't function so well as we get older. So by the age of 40, this NOS pathway is only functioning about 50%. And by the time we're 60, it's only functioning about 15%. Wow. So that's why it's so essential to, su- to support that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway. Because not only will this increase nitric oxide directly, the nitrites actually help recouple this dysfunctional NOS. Yeah. So let's talk about NOS. And, and as, um, well, maybe I'm just going to let you flow here because I think you've, I was going to ask about the genes, but I think you get there as you're explaining yeah. this piece as well. So, so let's, I'm going to let you keep going. Stop oh, talking. Okay. So, so <laughs> age affects that NOS. Any kind of chronic issue will affect that NOS. That is a pH and an oxygen dependent, dependent enzyme. So hypoxia uncouples that NOS. Our diets devoid devoid of nitrate-rich veggies and essential cofactors and nutrients, lack of exercise, drugs like antibiotics, antidepressants, antifungals, birth control pills, NSAIDs, PPIs affect the production of nitric oxide through both pathways. Wow. EMFs increase oxidative stress. Oxidative stress uncouples that NOS enzyme. Pollution, glyphosate is huge. Glyphosate uncouples the NOS. Any genetic SNPs and not just your NOS SNPs. Anything that increases oxidative stress, your your SOD SNPs, your catalase SNPs, your HFE SNPs. Anything that interferes with production of BH4, your tetrahydrobiopterin your DHFR, your QDPR. If you have any MTHFR SNPs, you are by definition nitric oxide deficient. Oh, well, I've got the jackpot going on there. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, the, and the big one, stress. Stress uncouples that NOS enzyme. That's how why it, when- How does it do when that? When it increases oxidative stress. Right. It also decreases the, the body's ability to use that arginine. Okay. So cortisol increases blood sugar. Hemoglobin A1C binds tightly with nitric oxide and actually makes it not bioavailable to do all these other things. So that's why, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer in the United States. Hmm. So nitric oxide governs that circulation and microcirculation. So all this exchange takes place down on that microcapillary level. 
the oxygen, the glucose, the nutrients, and just as important, the debris to be carried away. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the the red blood cell requires adequate nitric oxide in order to deliver that oxygen. So when you're nitric oxide deficient, you're not being able to deliver that oxygen a couple of different reasons. It can't get down there and it, it can't release the oxygen. It's interesting because you were talking about how exercise supports good nitric oxide, but at the right. same time, deficiency in nitric oxide is going to inhibit your ability to exercise fully. Mm-hmm. If you're micro, you know, if your micro, if your circulation is not optimized. Right. Right. That's why it's so important to, to support that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway. Where do we go? So some of the other good things nitric oxide does. Yes. Tell us, tell us okay. about what else nitric oxide does, because it does, I mean, you know, definitely. So the, the challenges to nitric oxide production you know, starting from just your, your basic wiring genetically, you may be prone or may have a propensity to have lower nitric oxide. And that would be even before the age of 40, when it starts to tank. Right. Right. Or any kind of chronic condition or any, again, that oxidative stress. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the, the chronic stress, the diet that may or may not be optimal, which, you know, optimal is turning into the funny word these days when it comes to diet. People are all over these extreme diets all over the place. And there's not necessarily a whole lot of attention being paid to this stuff Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so EMFs, you, you just, you just hosted a whole webinar on EMFs and nitric oxide. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because non-native EMFs are such a huge topic. Um, Because they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. And they've known since 1973 in the United States, like the, the Russians have been trying to tell it was the researchers in, in America for a long time about this issue with EMFs. Really? Like the researchers here just kind of were like, oh, no, no, no. they didn't <laughs> want to hear it. But yeah. in 1973, they were trying in, in the U.S., they were trying to figure out a way to communicate with the, the men in the submarines. So they, they figured out the radio frequencies to be able to communicate with them. But they've known since 1973 that these EMFs increase diabetes, increase cardiovascular disease. So they've known this about EMFs for decades. So EMFs increase oxidative stress. They stimulate this enzyme NADPH oxidase. NADPH oxidase's only job is to make superoxide. But these EMFs are stimulating, making this superoxide. Superoxide, oxidative stress, uncouples that NOS enzyme. And when you uncouple that NOS enzyme, you're increasing superoxide production even more. So it's a bad, vicious cycle. So they think that the EMFs increase the influx of calcium ions Mm -hmm. through that bolted gated calcium channel. Right. Nitric oxide, nitrites and nitric oxide inhibit that calcium influx. Wow. Okay. Because that calcium influx increases the oxidative stress once again. It all leads back to the same thing, huh? 
Right. State of stress. Wow. You were also talking about the role that nitric oxide plays in getting glucose into the cell, which I thought was really interesting, right? You were talking about how it, it, it interacts with the GLUT4 receptor to, transloc- to translocate the GLUT4 receptor in order to bring glucose into the cell. Into the cell. So there you've got all of, all of your like blood glucose dysregulation. You've got your neuropathies and everything because of you're not bringing that glucose into the cell. And even neurodegenerative diseases we were talking about, right? Because some of them are, I mean, Alzheimer's being called type, type three diabetes, which is essentially, you know, brain cells not being able to get access to glucose for energy. Um, again, nitric oxide, some, you know, fits into that puzzle as well. You've got to have good circulation and microcirculation in the brain. Mm-hmm. The brain actually makes 20 times more nitric oxide than the rest of the body. So the brain needs a lot of nitric oxide. It needs that circulation. Wow. So if you're not making that nitric oxide, these cells aren't getting fed and the debris is not being carried away. So cells can be no more than two cells away from these little microcapillaries to be able to be fed. And so when you've got like, when that circulation and microcirculation isn't optimized, they're not being fed and you've got death of cells, death of tissues. Aging. Regeneration. And, and aging, frankly, like if we're talking about this from through the lens of longevity and optimizing people's health and performance as they age. Again, any of these things that's tanking, we want to figure out how do we flatten that curve? Right. Because it's just like, we're just swimming in this sea of like assaults Mm -hmm. against our NOS enzyme. So you've got to like do like, Luckily, our body has two different pathways to make it. And the nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway is not pH dependent. Hypoxia actually stimulates this pathway. So we get the nitrate. What? You got a question? No, that's okay. Nitrate to nitrite to nitrate. No, I was just going to say another vote for mouth taping at night. (laughs) (laughs) So arugula has a lot of nitrates in it. Spinach bok choy, butter lettuce, celery, beets, all of these have decent amounts of nitrates in them. And so how much do you need in a day? How much of these foods do you need to eat in a day to get the dose that you need? Well, study shows it takes three to 400 milligrams of nitrates per dose or per per meal to per make, meal. yeah, to make the, the, the biochemical changes like um, the blood pressure, the exercise endurance. So the DASH diet has the dietary approaches to stop hypertension. This diet has like between 12 and 1500 milligrams of nitrates per day. Wow. So it's, it's really, you know, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's, it's, it's hard to, to get too much. Yeah. And it's also, and you're overcoming pathways that are not optimized, right? It's not like you're just going to eat three or 400 milligrams and your body's going to produce as much nitric oxide as you need. To some degree, you're trying to overcome 
pathways that are not necessarily optimized, especially if you have these genetic SNPs you were talking about earlier. Like, are you able to overcome the genetic SNPs just by consuming those foods or do you have to take- You might be able to, you might be able to, if you follow something like the DASH diet. Which is so over the, like, it's just over delivering. Yeah. But see, nitric oxide, it scavenges free radicals. It decreases oxidative stress. So your requirement for it will be, is is different for every single person. Mm -hmm. It depends on how much oxidative stress you are under. Right. Right. And the older you are and the more issues you may have, Mm -hmm. the bigger the ask is going to, the demand is going to be really. Yeah. So nitric oxide will decrease our production of superoxide through the three main pathways that we make it like supporting that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway helps recouple that NOS enzyme, Mm -hmm. decreasing the superoxide production. Nitrites and nitric oxide inhibit that NADPH oxidase enzyme, which only job is to make the superoxide. But see, when that enzyme is stimulated, the NADPH oxidase, it it will kind of, there's something called the NADPH steel. Yeah. So it will preferentially use this NADPH through that enzyme. And then the NADPH is not available to like reduce that oxidized glutathione back to make, to um, metabolize your fatty acids correctly, to metabolize your hormones correctly. And also the uncoupled electron transport chain. So your 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 electron is not is is not handed down to water. Mm-hmm. It's actually handed down to superoxide. But oh. the nitrites and nitric oxide help recouple that electron transport chain. So by decreasing your superoxide and your oxidative stress, this makes everything better. Because oxidative stress and inflammation is at the base of every chronic issue. Yeah, pretty much. I can't think of one that it's not, or one of those two for sure. Um, you were talking also about. Um, let, let, do we want to talk yet? What do we? Where do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about peroxynitrite first, or do we want to talk about actually the really important role that people may not realize that nitric oxide plays in sexual function for men and women? Because I think people think, oh yeah, circulation, microcirculation, so it's going to have play a role in men being able to to get and maintain an erection, which is obviously, you know, one of the big concerns people have, but you were talking to me earlier also about how it's just as important for women. Right. Right. So both for that lubrication in women is, is mediated by nitric oxide, which I, again, like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about that before. Um, And also, Sensation, but that's both for men and women. Right. So we all know about the PDE5 inhibitors. Yeah. The Viagra, the Cialis. So these allow the nitric oxide to hang around longer. So they don't work if there's not enough nitric oxide to begin with. So that's why they don't work in about 50% of the people. Oh, you're kidding. No. (laughs) So that's what... 
you know, that's why it's like a pretty easy fix to me. (laughs) it, It is. So you need enough nitric oxide in order to get the erection. The PDF5 inhibitors allow that erection to hang around. Okay. And so when you're using these PDA5 inhibitors for all these other kind of blood flow issues, mm-hmm. you've still got to have the nitric oxide there to begin with. Okay. And so in women, we need the nitric oxide in order to be able to respond, to feel. And lubrication is nitric oxide mediated. So as women, if we can't feel, if we can't respond, and we're not lubricated, do you think we even think about sex? No, there is no party at that point. Exactly. Never mind the party's over. It never even really gets started. It doesn't even start. <laughs> no. It doesn't even start. And then with nitric oxide is involved with learning and memory. And, and especially with women, our sexual libido, our desire, centers around memories. Hmm. Right. Oxide is involved with anxiety. So it decreases anxiety. It increases the, the bioavailable GABA in the brain. So for women, if, if, you know, with our thoughts, with anxiety, with feeling like all, like we're more complicated than guys. Totally. I think most guys would even agree with that, but yes. Yeah. You know, with men, you know, it's, can you get the erection or not? But with women, it's just, it's a lot more complicated than that. Typically anyway. Yeah. 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 It is a lot more complicated. So when you say, when you're talking about anxiety, are you talking about general anxiety as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nitric oxide is the essential mediator of BDNF. Yeah. Brain derived neurotropic yeah. factor. Right. Yeah. And you see low BDNF and anxiety and depression. Together. Yeah. 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 So nitric oxide increases neurogenesis, increases synaptic plasticity, decreases neuroinflammation. So it helps decrease all these inflammatory cytokines. So really that deficiency in nitric oxide is what basically sets the stage for any number of issues to run rampant is what you're saying. And, and, and in your estimation, so basically if people aren't eating the DASH diet, which most people aren't, um, and they're being exposed to all these different factors, plus whatever genetic snips they may be carrying around that they may or may not know about. So right out of the gate, most of us are walking around at a disadvantage on this. Right. And so w- there's three NOS enzymes. There's your, your N-NOS, your neuronal NOS, NOS1. Yeah. There's your I-NOS, inducible NOS, that's NOS2. And there's E-NOS, endothelial NOS, NOS3. Okay. Well, the I-NOS has everything to do with our immune function. Oh, my God. You're bringing immunity into this, too? Dude, <laughs> you haven't, you've left no stone unturned here. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of the comorbid conditions to, to get this virus, mm-hmm. actually, they're nitric oxide deficient states, like aging and um, 
diabetes and yeah. obesity. These, these are nitric oxide deficient states. And cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular disease, hemoglobinopathies. All of these are, make you more, uh, it makes it easier to get the virus. And then this virus actually increases a nitric oxide deficiency. This spike protein, it, it actually changes your, your, um, the iron, your ferrous iron to ferric iron, Fe3+, plus, mm -hmm. and it makes it called cell-free heme. And the cell-free heme cannot carry oxygen. So that's why you've got these hypoxic oh. conditions. Which in and of itself decreases nitric oxide if you didn't exactly. have enough problems to begin with. So you get into all these negative loops. Right. And nitric oxide is trying to help us. Nitric oxide can scavenge that Fe3+, but then it takes it out of being bioavailable to do all these other things. Mm -hmm. So clotting has everything to do with the nitric oxide status. So that's why we're seeing all these, these microclots, like with the virus, but also now with the, the shots that our people are getting, because they're, they're giving all, them all these spike proteins. And so the spike, just the spike protein disassociated from the virus is enough to, to cause the microcircular circulation damage? Yep. Yeah. And then, then if you're nitric oxide deficient, you're not going to get better. You know, you're going to have these long haul issues. And so have you seen people clinically now that who've been, who've come across your work have optimized their nitric oxide status and are seeing better outcomes? Like, yes. are you actually they're getting, seeing they're this? They're getting better faster. And they're, like, I've had people tell me, you know, I, they, they kind of lost their thinking. They lost their brain. Mm -hmm. You know, and they thought they were just going to have to be like that forever. And then by doing two capsules three times a day of the Berkeley Life for a couple of weeks, it's got that circulation back, decreased the little clots open them up and, and they, they've recovered. Right. And if and nothing else, it's sped up. If nothing else, it's sped up the recovery. Right. Right. That's interesting. So you talk about two, two capsules, three times a day. So from a therapeutic perspective, if you have someone who's being particularly challenged, right. Um, with whatever health condition it may be, you may, you could potentially take a lot more of, I mean, right. we haven't even talked about Berkeley Life yet, right. but, and maybe what we want to do, I can't decide what the order is going to be, whether we're going to talk about peroxynitrate first or how we're going to talk about how you went <laughs> from one company to now being really, you know, working with a different company. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, I think on the box, it says you're taking two a day. Yeah. Two, two a day, day regularly, two a day regularly. Um, check your levels. But yeah. like I said, if you're under a lot of oxidative stress, you might need more than that. So until you hit the raspberry color, right. you might want to. And so do, would you find that after a period of time of taking, let's say, two or three dose times the dose a day, I guess, you know, if some of these conditions start to resolve, not necessarily just because of the supplement, but really because it's allowing the body to do what it needs to do and you're getting some resolution and there's less demand on the body's system, would you see that in some people then they wouldn't need to take as much every single day over time? More than likely. 
Yeah. However, I mean, you've really got to clean up. You've got to clean up the EMFs. You've got to like, like improve your diet. You've got to improve your stress level. You've yeah. got to improve all those factors. I mean, are you being exposed to mold? Oh God. Yeah. No, for you sure. Know? I mean, the EMFs to me is the hardest one. Right. And so the way I look at it is it's actually easier to improve your diet, to get rid of EMFs. than addressing AMFs. And, you know, we all talk about, I mean, you know, in, in, at any nutrition school, they're going to talk to us about the bucket, right? You're born with right. your bucket. It's when the bucket overflows that we start to get into trouble. And in a situation like this, we could even call it our nitric oxide bucket. And if we can't really do that much about the EMFs, but we can address all the other factors that we've been talking about here, you might be able to reduce the load on the bucket enough that your body can cope with the EMFs a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even if we're eating organic, organic food has glyphosate residues in it. Well, it's in the environment at this point. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't like to think about that so much or talk about it, but the, the truth is the trains left the station on glyphosates. Doesn't mean we shouldn't still be fighting to get them banned and get rid of them and not use them in the whole nine yards, but they're, they're here. Yeah. So Dr. Klinghart, he, he talks about how um, they're poisoning they're poisoning our water with the fluoride. They're poisoning our food with the glyphosate. Mm-hmm. They're poisoning our air with the chemtrails, with the aluminum. And then the the EMF is opening up the blood-brain barrier and, and allowing all those chemicals to get into our brain. But guess what supports the tight junction proteins? On the I'm going to take a wild guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm going out on a limb here, folks. Catch me if I fall. <laughs> support that that tight junction proteins so this is going to improve like anywhere we've got a tight junction protein our gut in the gut Mm -hmm. the blood brain barrier the like uh, the skin like everywhere there's a tight junction protein the nitrates will support that amazing and so what about the nitrates in food like not, not naturally occurring food, but like. Um, okay. Where, where it says it caused cancer. Yeah. Like when you. Clean and causes yeah, cancer. yeah. Okay. That whole thing has been debunked. Oh, In has fact, it? That, that came from like a, like not a, like in vitro. It's an in, it came from a, like a cell. Yeah. An in vitro. Yeah. Not, study. not. Like they take vitro. it. Yeah, so they take it they take it out of the system. So they take out all the adaptive mechanisms that could occur around the system right. Right. and isolate it in a cell, which is fundamentally not how the body works. <laughs> exactly. And actually vitamin C protects against nitrosamine formation. And we've right. got vitamin C in the Berkeley line. But you'll see in those foods, if they add nitrates, nitrites, you'll see like they'll add like um like a, a vitamin E isomer or a vitamin C isomer, you'll see they've they, they've got they've added something to prevent that nitrosamine formation. Okay. However, if you buy products that say there's no nitrates or no nitrites added, doesn't mean they're not. That they've added celery, celery yes. seeds. 
Yeah. Okay. Which actually has more nitrates in it than if they would have just added the nitrate or nitrite. That's hilarious. But it's not, but then it's not, we just finished saying it's not necessarily a negative either. No. So how much is too much? I know this is one of your favorite questions. <laughs> this, well, I'm just, I'm just setting her up for launch guys. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the 12 to 1500 milligrams of nitrate per day that you see in the DASH diet, that means you'd be taking two capsules four to five times a day, mm -hmm. the Berkeley life, which, which is a lot. Yeah. However, it's like the DASH diet doesn't kill people. Shockingly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not afraid of the peroxynitrite story. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So peroxynitrite is, is the big black mark that people have labeled on nitric oxide. You have to be careful, not too much, because let me see, you explain this to me. Nitric oxide plus superoxide moves to, to peroxynitrite. Peroxynitrite, right. Which is being blamed for all this cellular damage and it may be a case of the firefighter at the fire. So why don't you elaborate on that little babble there? So people actually understand what I'm talking about. Okay. So just in all of these studies, you will see so many references to peroxynitrite causing damage, cellular damage. However, they, those, these studies are not measuring peroxynitrite. They're actually measuring nitrotyrosine. And they're assuming that peroxynitrite was there. However, there are other molecules that can nit nitrosate tyrosine is not specific to peroxynitrite. In fact, recent studies are showing 90 to 95% of the peroxynitrite isomerizes to NO3, which is nitrate and inert. Hmm. And there's, they're like, so peroxynitrite happens when nitric oxide and superoxide are in close contact. Okay. However, oxidative stress, superoxide production shuts down nitric oxide production. So if you're like nitric supporting that nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway inhibits those ways we make superoxide. Okay. So by inhibiting the production of superoxide, you're inhibiting the production of peroxynitrite. Fair enough. So how do we optimize that pathway? Did we talk about that yet? Is that the foods? The foods and, and a, or a clinically proven nitrate supplement like Berkeley Life. Right. Okay. Well, now we've gotten, we've come to Berkeley Life. So let's, let's talk about the box in the room called Berkeley Life, which is which is the company that you, I mean, do you work for Berkeley Life? You collaborate with them? them? I'm sorry, I, you consult. I consult for them. I do research for them. I do their webinars, their education. Okay, so let's talk about why you picked Berkeley Life and what sets it apart from anything. Because there's a few different products on the market now um, um, to support nitric oxide. Most products on the market are actually in the arginine citrulline um, arena. Okay. So I do not recommend arginine to anybody over the age, especially over the age of 40. Because? When NOS is uncoupled and you're giving them arginine, you're actually increasing oxidative stress. Okay. So you're trying to make this dysfunctional 
uncoupled NOS work. And it's just not going to do that with the arginine. Giving arginine to somebody with uncoupled NOS can actually increase your ADMA, which is connected with all-cause mortality, the asymmetric dimethylarginine. Oh. And you don't want that. No. No. So arginine can go down a couple of other pathways. So if your NOS is uncoupled, it's not going to go down that pathway. It's going to go down other pathways and not healthy pathways. Mm-hmm. Citrulline will be a little bit better than arginine. Like the, the cell will take up citrulline and make its own arginine to feed that pathway. However, you're still trying to feed a pathway that's not functioning. Right. You want to support the pathway in the first place. Right. So by, by supporting the nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway, you're increasing the nitric oxide directly. But that, that nitrate, it actually helps increase the production of BH4, your tetrahydrobiopterin. And tetrahydrobiopterin is what couples that NOS enzyme. Oh, so this is how you're supporting the whole pathway. Right. Okay. So you're yeah, actually yeah. recoupling that NOS enzyme and decreasing oxidative stress through that, that pathway. But what's kind of cool about BH4 too, BH4 is also needed in your production of serotonin, melatonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. Wow. Okay. So by sort of putting that pathway, this, it will help your moods too. So this is what makes this supplement different is what you're saying really is that it's pardon potassium nitrate, right? Potassium nitrate. I'm just looking at the ingredients here. Like it's got some from potassium nitrate. So it's, yeah. it's only got like about 10 milligrams of fermented beetroot in there. So we've got lots of people with oxalate issues that can take this with no, with no problem. Right. Cause beets are high in oxalates. They're also a bit high in sugar for people who are really sensitive to sugar. Right. Part of what makes them so delicious to those of us who like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you, yeah, cause you've got the beetroot extract and you've got the organic fermented beetroot powder. Right. There's only about 10, millig- 10 milligrams of that. So you're not going to have an oxalate issue. Only if somebody's got like a, an outright IgE allergy. Right. Well, they might, they may have an issue with it or they're just allergic to beets. Yeah. I haven't come across too many people that fit, but I've, I have learned that there's somebody allergic to to anything anywhere at some point. I've no, I never say never anymore. You I never say never. Exactly. No, no, I learned that a while ago. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, cause there is actually no arginine and no, no citrulline in this supplement. No, none at all. No. So most of those studies done with our arginine were done on young male athletes. Yeah, like body lifters. Where their NOS yeah. enzyme is functioning good. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then if you see some other studies where they use arginine that helped older people, you got to really read the study and find out, okay, well, how long did they do this? How long was the study? You know, was it just for a couple weeks? You know, where it in where they what other markers were they checking? Right. Right. And so for something like this this supplement, how long would people 
I mean, I'm sure it's going to depend on how dysfunctional their pathways are, but how long before people typically experience a, a shift or feel like, wow, you know, I feel like I'm starting to feel better. Is it the kind of thing that you might feel in some cases right away, but it just... Some people feel it right away. Okay. Because you're opening up that circulation. Like right away. Yeah. Some people, like I've had a couple of people that um, it took it took a couple of weeks for that strip to start turning, even though, you know, they, they swore that they were doing it every single day. Well, they're rebuilding stores of the nitrate nitrite. Oh, interesting. You're rebuilding stores, but you're also rebuilding your microbiomes everywhere. You're rebuilding your intestinal microbiome, but just as importantly, your oral microbiome. With the supplement? Yes. Yeah. So, so when we consume the nitrates, they get absorbed, they circulate around, they get concentrated in the salivary glands. The salivary glands release the nitrate and we've got good anaerobic bacteria on the dorsal aspect of our tongue that will reduce that nitrate to nitrite. Halfway so that, there. <laughs> so that, that strip is testing the nitrite concentration in your saliva. I see. So we swallow the nitrite in the acidic environment. This will reduce that, some of that nitrite to nitric oxide. Here's your protection against H. pylori. Mm. But most of the nitrite gets absorbed and acts like a nitric oxide donor molecule. And in the tissue, we've got different enzymes that can reduce that nitrite to nitric oxide on an as-needed basis. Like in the muscle, the myoglobin can reduce nitrite to nitric oxide. Like when you're exercising, if you've got enough nitrate and nitrite, then these muscles can respond by increasing the blood flow. Hmm. Yeah. The electron transport chain can reduce nitrite to nitric oxide. So the, the SUOX enzyme, the sulfide oxidase enzyme, actually like changes to a nitrite reductase enzyme under hypoxic conditions, if there's enough you know, raw material. So bottom line, more. Yeah. More is, for the most part, more. In this case, mm -hmm. not a less is more. So yeah. So again, like, I mean, so we haven't formally talked about the supplement, but one of the, I mean, at your booth, and it was interesting at the conference because everybody was running around getting their, you know, spitting on a strip or putting it in their mouth. And then they were told, okay, and now setting their timers on their watches or their phones, and then coming back an hour and a half or two hours later to, to get retested. And did you come across a lot of people at the conference that weren't moving? No. Oh, first they tested, they took the supplement, then they came and back. Then, and then, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, things were changing for, um, for, for everybody. Yeah. Well, and you had a pretty optimized crowd there. I mean, they were all practitioners. Exactly. So you weren't dealing with, you know, like the public necessarily. You were dealing right. with, and these are practitioners who are, on the functional side of stuff. So they're already kind of in a world where, but still you were coming across a fair number of people that were low in nitric oxide. Oh, they were low to begin with, for sure. To begin with. Hey guys, I just want to interrupt this podcast very quickly to thank our sponsor today. And that is Oxford HealthSpan. Oxford HealthSpan makes Primadine, which is 
by far the best spermidine supplement on the market. Spermidine is an amazing anti-aging supplement. It hits six of the nine hallmarks of aging. So it helps us to age better. And in some ways, it even helps to turn the clock back on certain processes of cellular aging. I highly encourage you to give it a try. It's great for sleep. It's good for your hair, skin, and nails, and a whole bunch of other amazing benefits. They've got some great, great information about the supplement and what it can do for you on their website, which is you can find at primadine.com. And if you decide you want to give it a chance for yourself, give it a try, then you're going to want to use promo code BIONAT1515, and that will get you 15% off your purchase. Thanks for listening. And now let's get back to the show. Let's let's talk a little bit about the gut, the gut, because a lot of things yes. start in the gut. Yeah. So nitric oxide mediates mucus production and mucus production Lining the gut, this is our first defense against pathogens. Yeah. It helps protect us, like it balances the the good guys and the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, um, I'm actually doing a course right now. And the first piece of that course is re-establishing that mucus. Exactly. Bringing it back. Because if it dries out, it's, you're, you're very, you're exposed. The tight junctions get damaged. Everything, everything goes south from there. Right. And nitric oxide inhibits mast cell degranulation. So it's inhibiting the production of histamine. Really? Nitric oxide inhibits the, um, the macrophage inflammatory cytokine production. So nitric oxide is important for the, the circulation, the, you know, around the gut or for taking the nutrients in. So going back to the histamines, so for people who have, and you know, we see them a lot in the group, you've seen it because you're in the Facebook group as well. You, you see a lot of the posts and we've got people who really have a serious histamine issue. Um, have you seen like this supplement basically help those people kind of stabilize their mast cells? Their mast cells, huh? yes. Because it is in some people, it is a little mind blowing just how, I guess, destabilized is the words to say it. Like they re- right. they they get to a point where they're reacting to literally air, everything, everything. Yeah. But a lot of that has to do with the health of the gut too. Sure, sure. And so um, the nitrites help rebuild that microbiome everywhere. Everywhere you've got a microbiome, mm-hmm. the nitrite will help rebuild that. So the gut, the mouth, the skin, the vaginal tract, yeah. the urinary tract. Who knew? Yeah, I know. You learn something every day. This is this is actually really interesting to me, though, because I I never would have guessed that nitric oxide was so central to so like literally everything. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's a system in the body we could say doesn't somehow get impacted by nitric oxide. I think we've pretty much covered it all, but. If I came up with anything else, you'd be you'd be pointing to nitric oxide again. I mean, with the pathway. I would. How about telomerase? Nitric oxide increases the, tel- the, activity. the telomere. Really? So that, that has everything to do with longevity. Interesting. Well, and if it and well, plus on top of that, it's going after the oxidative stress and 
all the other mechanisms of aging. Like really, this is this is full on anti-aging yeah. at a cellular level. Well, stem cells are required for healing. And nitric oxide is essential for stem cell mobilization and differentiation. So it will tell the stem cell where to go and what to do. So if anybody is getting any stem cells, make sure you're optimized your nitric oxide to begin with, because I think some of the failures of some of these stem cell treatments is because there was not adequate nitric oxide. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, you want to prepare the terrain you're putting the stem cells into. That's also when there's like too much inflammation and they get, right. they get destroyed. And with our bioregulator anti-aging protocols, nitric oxide, again, is going to support. Well, I didn't realize the thing about the telomeres, telomerase, though, because that's pretty far upstream. It, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because we talk about the blood vessel bioregulator in terms of, you know, restoring health and function to the endothelial, the endothelium of blood vessels. Um, but having this at the same time, like optimizing your nitric oxide production at the same time as that is just going to, they'll amplify Make everything work better. Yeah. They'll just, it's, it's an amplification. Right. Yeah. For whatever you're doing for somebody by optimizing the nitric oxide with it, you're going to improve the results. Interesting. So when you have someone who's, so I guess the best way to go about this, um, is really to, like, I'm starting to understand now this whole thing with the test strips. I've got this amazing, you know, this this vial filled with test strips, which I I thought I had so many of them. And now I'm looking at it going, mm, I'm going to need more. Uh, <laughs> you know, because there's so many things I want to try and test. Like, you know, I'm going to take, I took my two my two capsules this morning. I'll be curious to test again at six o'clock at night. Do I still have, you know, am I still turning the strip raspberry color or am I back down to dusty rose, which is where I'm usually living personally. So. Well, nitrates have a half-life of six to eight hours. Yeah. So by the evening, they could easily, if I haven't pounded. If you haven't had any more nitrate veggies. Exactly. So in a, again. Yeah. So someone like me who's, you know, doesn't have too many big issues going on right now, you could say that, you know, the, the, the capsules are almost the starter fuel first thing in the morning eat those nitrate rich foods during the day to keep it going. Right. And with any luck, I can kind of, I can manage with the two capsules. You can sustain those levels. Right. Yeah. But with somebody else who has more of the issues that we were talking about, which is all the issues that everybody's dealing with these days, <laughs> you think about it. Um, they may need to like another hit before bed or with their dinner. Right. Well, well, EMF is a, it, it, it is a biological stress response. So it, it's just another one of those stress things and stress uncouples that NOS enzyme. Stress increases oxidative stress and inflammation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And look at, we're just, we're swimming in this sea of EMF. Oh yeah. And it's, it's not gonna stop. I mean, you know, ultimately, no, it's just going to get worse. Well, you can't get, you almost can't get away from it. The only place I've, I've been to one place this year. I would, I spoke at a, at a small conference in Kentucky and we were in the foothills of the Appalachian mountains. And it was the first place I realized it was the first place I'd been 
in I don't know how long where I couldn't get a cell signal. I couldn't make a phone call. I couldn't make my computer. Like nothing was going to work for me. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it was amazing, right? And interestingly enough, my recovery scores while I was there, even though I was sleeping in highly suboptimal conditions, it was cold, it was uncomfortable, all those things, because we were like intense, um, were off the charts. I've never seen my HRV so high. Yeah. And so, and I've never considered myself someone who is sensitive to EMFs. Right. Until this year when it was like, guess what? You're not so special. Yeah. <laughs> You're like all the other people, your body's taking a hit um, every minute of every hour of every day because we can't, you know, it's, you can't really have to work to get away from it. You can't mm. even turn off your modem, like your, your routers. These right. new routers can't be turned off. And then we've got those, smart meters and, and just, you know, yeah. Our houses are just cooking. Right. And people are buying smart fridges. Yeah. The electrical vehicles. I remember way back somebody talking about, and it was, they were talking about Tesla's actually like sitting in a Tesla is, I mean, it's fabulous for many, many, many things, but you almost need a Kevlar suit when you're in there because you're just getting hit with so much, like such a high, amount of emf yep and then if you've got any kind of chronic condition too this actually makes your reaction to that emf even worse right well you just have less resilience right you have less buffer your body is just that much closer to the edge um wow all right well so (laughs) how did you find berkeley life how did they find you a, a, a friend introduced me to them, like, what, three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I, I just started um, um, on, on YouTube, on the Berkeley Life Professional page, I've got a bunch of my webinars. Yeah. Uh, nitric oxide and immune hill. I, I made one of those when this whole thing started last year. Yeah. And I, I updated it a few months ago. But there's nitric oxide and hormones. Like um, the LHRH, luteinizing hormone, releasing hormone in the brain requires nitric oxide. So this lutein, the LHRH then goes on to, for your release, your pulsatile release of your LH and your FSH, which then go down to your ovaries and testes to make your estrogen and progesterone. So from a fertility perspective, you sure don't want to be deficient in nitric oxide. No, no. No, I've got some fertility clinics like using the Berkeley Life to improve whatever kind of treatments that they're doing. Yeah. So really, it's like a foundational support to almost anything that you're doing at any time. Right. Interesting. Well, I feel like I'm going to be stocking up on this stuff and sending it to all my my whole family, (laughs) my parents. Really, really important to have good circulation and microcirculation. Without that... You have nothing. Yeah, well, and you know, I just bought my parents a um, a PEMF mat, a PMF mat, which is great for circulation and night and microcirculation. But again, having this on board at the same time right. is going if to you, right. Yeah. If you don't have functional NOS or you don't have a store of the nitrate nitrite, you're not going to get the results from the PEMF that you want. Yeah. 
Well, they won't be able to work as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Many people that use those devices and they optimize it with the Berkeley Life, with the nitrate supplement, and the results that they're getting with that have been phenomenal. Really? Cool. All right. Well, we've we've now have our new foundational supplement, ladies and gentlemen. We're adding it to the stack. (laughs) (laughs) At least I am anyway. I don't know about you guys, but that and my arugula and beet salad and bok choy and whatever else, which, you know, I had stepped away from vegetables for a while last year. I went almost carnivore, which, you know, it was an interesting experiment for me because I actually did better with it than I thought I would. But, you know, at my core, I never really truly bought this whole getting rid of vegetables completely. I know. Not on a long-term basis, like maybe for a short period of time. For short-term, most diets actually could be beneficial for short-term. Yeah, no, and there's a place for it, right? Yeah, you're getting rid of something that your body's reacting to. However, long-term, not so good. Yeah, it doesn't... um, it doesn't come out in the wash. And uh, yeah, no. And you know, it's funny, like I always started there way back and then I kind of slid a little bit. I kind of, you know, you, you, as a biohacker, you definitely go down different rabbit holes at different times. Um, But I wonder wonder how this does. (laughs) And besides how hard could it be to just eat meat? You know, I kind of, I'm kind of love steak and I don't mind organ meats and, and the whole nine yards. And it, it was not entirely bad for me, but I also know that my genetics don't particularly jive with an all meat diet. <laughs> so I came out of it a few months ago and um, I would say I feel better. Good. Overall. And uh, I'm getting back to my big ass salads at lunch and whatnot, which I really love. I mean, that's, I do. Just, that's I do. just my jam. You know, I love having a big bowl of salad and stuff. I mean, I don't still eat, you know, I'm not going to eat cruciferous vegetables raw, particularly. I don't think they're that great for us for the most part. Um, but there's so much variety and, and actually, you know, what's interesting is I was, when I was in the Dominican Republic last week, I guess it was the heat and the climate and where I was, I, you could not have paid me to eat steak last week. I, probably more fruit than I've eaten in years. And I ate a lot of fish um, and I ate quite a lot of vegetables. And I would have thought in previous times, because my blood sugar control hasn't always been the best that I would have come home and would have packed on some weight. And actually my body did really well with the papaya and the red passion fruit, which was, which looks like, I don't know if you've ever seen red, no dragon fruit. If you've ever seen red dragon fruit, it literally looks like a beet with seeds in it. And it makes you pee red, by the way, I learned because I almost had a heart attack. (laughs) Um, And it it was remarkable to me that, you know, the, the dialogue that we have about seasonal diets or eating foods consistent with where you are in time, like the local foods of that area and how your body will respond better to that than what you think. It all, it all has to do with the sunlight. The latitude too, yeah. Because this this improves your mitochondrial function. Yeah, yeah. Never mind being barefoot in the sand and swimming in the yeah, ocean. and getting all that good energy. Yeah, this has everything to do with how how your mitochondria function. For sure, for sure. 
and it's all about the mitochondria and nitric oxide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Recoupling that electron transport chain. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's handing down these electrons, and if it's uncoupled, it hands it down to oxygen, which makes superoxide. And we don't want superoxide. Instead of making your water. Right. It's kind of cool in, in the mitochondria. It doesn't make regular water. It actually makes that deuterium depleted water. Yes. Yes. Which, which we pass of as we age. Yeah. Which has everything to do with, with the charge, with, with, you know, communication. So the, the mitochondria is kind of our environmental sensor. Right. So everything we can do to support the mitochondria, it's all about the mitochondria. Yeah. And nitric oxide. yeah yeah okay well beth have we left anything unsaid do you want to talk about is there anything else you want to talk about here not so much i think we've kind of hit on it i think we've hit on everything so for people to um where can they find you so you have a youtube channel which is berkeley life professional professional right and there's a forum on on Facebook, the Berkeley Life Professional Forum. Okay. I, I post there a lot. Um, I, I'll take like recent studies and I will show the nitric oxide connection. You Amazing. know, uh, when all these um, virus studies keep being published, I mean, it's just all connected to nitric oxide. There's even, you know, there's a company that is selling like a nitric oxide spray in Israel and the UK. Spray? Uh-huh. To, because like nitric oxide is important on the immune response. So mm-hmm. they use a nitric oxide spray to kill the, the virus in the nose. Oh, so like an intranasal spray. Mm-hmm. I've used, um, I've used xylitol nasal spray, which I read about in like on the American Dental Association website, recommending the dentists because they're in such close quarters with people use xylitol as a nasal spray because it seems to block the virus from crossing the endothelial membrane. And now we can use nitric oxide with that too. Exactly. So, but we don't have a nitric oxide spray available to us. Is it stable? Well, see, what they do, it's, it's a dual chamber. In one chamber, they have nitrite. The other chamber, they have like a, a citric acid. And it's so, the reaction. Yeah. So when you spray it, it mixes them together and topically makes nitric oxide. Huh. So that's kind of the, the same thing that um, Dr. Nathan Bryan, he is the, the originator of the Neo40 lozenge is a nitrite based product but he's also got a a topical skin gel that's a nitrite and a vitamin c so this is really good to like increase the circulation to your skin increasing the circulation to your skin increases the collagen production so that's called the N101. That's the gel? Yeah. So it increases collagen and circulation? Mm-hmm. Would that help also, do you think, with um, like 
you know, more and more people are talking about hair loss as really a problem of the mitochondria in the hair follicles, like losing power, losing blood supply, the whole nine yards. I wonder if something like this as part of. As part of a, a protocol, like a whole like a program. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on its own, it probably won't do that much, but I wonder if something like that topical gel uh, and might be helpful as well. Like just cause I talk, and again, like we see people who've had COVID, I mean, okay, I'll say it, the rat's out of the bag, um, who are losing their hair, which I think, yeah, I mean, it has to do with thyroid. Yeah, I've got a friend that is starting a company for the hair loss after the virus, but the Berkeley Life is at the base. Oh, really? Of her whole program, yeah. Because you've got to have that circulation and microcirculation. Without that, nothing else you're, you're doing is going to. Yeah. Well, the circulation is critical. So, but now the, the Neo 40 is different than the Berkeley Life Supplement. Right. The Neo 40 is a nitrite based product. Okay. So nitrite only has a half-life of, of about 20 minutes. Where nitrate oh. has a half-life of six to eight, eight hours. hours. So it's going to be more same thing. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay, cool. They can also find you in my Facebook group because yeah, you're there quite often. Fairly frequently I mean, for a while, I was like, well, why are you doing all this posting? And, I, and then she explains to me, I'm trying to educate people. I was like, right. Okay, good. All right. We're on that. Well, because, um, you know, everybody keeps bringing up all of these things, these peptides and all these good yeah, things, yeah. which I'm, I'm, you know, I've done tons of peptides myself. Yeah. You know, but Which if you hear from a pharmacist, actually, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I got really, really sick at one time. And it has taken me a few years to rebuild. The pharmacy I was working at was right next door to a dry cleaners. Oh, my God. And all, all of the stuff that I've known to do actually allowed me to stay there way longer than I should have. You know, and then I was doing IV vitamin C, IV glutathione, like everything that I knew, but I just kept getting sicker and sicker, even after I left. So those those chemicals, um, they're solvents. Mm-hmm. They dissolve fats. I mean, that's how they clean our clothes. So everything that I knew, it wasn't helping. And I moved to California for a couple, couple of years because I thought I was dying and I always wanted to live by the ocean before I died. And I ran into a friend of mine, Jim Lavelle, you know, who we started on some homeopathy and allowed my body to start letting go of those chemicals. However, it's one thing to clear the chemicals, but it's another thing to rebuild the damage that they caused. Because it literally felt like there were holes in my brain. Wow. The fat. So I've done... You know, like, I, like I've done a hundred hyperbaric dives. You know, I've done every peptide you can think of to help rebuild my brain. Wow, wow, wow. And nitric oxide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I think one of the reasons that, you know, because at the time I really wasn't into nitric oxide when I was there at that pharmacy. Right. You know, and and I was nitric oxide deficient. And so at what point did you discover the nitric oxide piece to the puzzle? Because it's really a piece to the puzzle, right? You're doing 2009. 2009 before you discovered. Right. 
Okay, well, this is the longest goodbye ever. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how uh, how we got on that. But. No, but that's okay because you know what? That should have actually come out in this beginning and your story. So this is great. We eventually got there, so that's perfect. And it helps people to understand, you know, what lit that fire in your belly. Quite apart from people coming in not being well and not getting better, um, there's often another piece, right? That really you try to figure out what's going on with you. You know, to, you know, like what, why can't I fix this? I, you especially yeah. would be sitting why there. Did, why did glutathione make me worse? Right. And why did glutathione makes you worse? Well, because I was under tremendous oxidative stress. Right. And when you, like glutathione is not taken up by the cell. Mm-hmm. The individual amino acids are, and then it's the glutathione is formed within the cell. But like cysteine is the rate limiting step to making glutathione. Right. Well, when the cell takes up the cysteine, if you're under a tremendous oxidative stress, it's oxidized into cysteine. Cysteine then can feed the Fenton reaction. So the Fenton reaction increases the Fe3 plus and your hydroxyl free radical. Right. So it actually is somebody that's really sick. It can actually increase oxidative stress. And then I had iron dysregulation at the bottom of it, which is really common in Irish. You know, um, the the HFE genetic SNPs are really common with, with the Irish. Okay. So I had this iron dysregulation. So my Fenton reaction was like, pumped up yeah yeah, it was on overdrive yeah overdrive adding the cysteine just just made it you know the glutathione just made it worse just increase that oxidative stress i'd have an iv of glutathione and then come home and not be able to get off the couch for three days no kidding so when somebody tells you that glutathione makes them worse believe them yeah and just know that there's they've they've got tremendous oxidative stress underneath that right and so you've got it yeah well that's interesting right and i think I think that we make that mistake with NAD. We make that mistake with glutathione. Like I've been- Yeah, that NAD, like if that NADPH oxidase enzyme is upregulated, making that superoxide. Yeah, you're and, just feeding and it. Take it. You're just feeding that NADPH path, pathway and increasing that superoxide production. Interesting. So you got to make sure there's, there's some certain steps that are covered before you start pumping that NAD. And, um, and what would those steps be? Well, just make sure you're you're you know you're not under tremendous oxidative stress. So you're I mean, you're preparing for the influx of the right. Yeah. And that you've cleaned up some some pathways. You you're not exposed to mold. That's a big one lately. I feel like mold has become epidemic. It is. It's. You know, and it's interesting because as an organism, it is so, um, it's so resilient. It's been here longer than we have. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been around longer than us. And, you know, when you're looking at climates like where you are in Austin, that's hot and humid and wet, like you have to be vigilant all the time. Yeah. About staying on top of this stuff. It's uh, air filters. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So reduce oxidative stress first. Cool. 
So we got as far as the Facebook group. We got as far as uh, <laughs> the YouTube channel, which you guys, you got to check out this YouTube channel. It's it's amazing how much information is there. We've really just touched on everything here. I think that, you know, if you're a bit of a propeller head at all and you want to know about these pathways in detail, this is this is what this is where you want to go to elucidate yourself. Is there any do you talk to people directly ever or are those two the best those two channels the best way to connect with you or those are the best ways. Okay. Great. There is a the berkeleylife.com too. Yeah. That's the website, right? Right. Okay. So berkeleylife.com is where you would order the supplement and the test strips, but you would need, and there will be in, I'll have talked about it in the introduction and there will also be in the show notes, there'll be a link that you guys can use through me, which, which is kind of like a practitioner code basically that allows you to go in there and place your order for the supplement and the, um, the strips and the strips and the strips, you know, a lot of people might be tempted to go without the strips, but I really think that the strips are so, first of all, they're so easy to use, but secondly, it can really teach you about your own need for, for nitric oxide, your response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your response to whether it's changing your diet or, or using the supplement, whatever the case may be and how long is it kind of the health of your oral microbiome? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you, if you can't, if if you're not seeing a, a change initially, yeah, of do you you know that you've got dysbiosis in your oral microbiome? Huh. Okay. And more than likely, you probably got dysbiosis in your gut too. Oh yeah, like it's all connected. It's, it's right? all the connected. The door, the, the oral microbiome is the doorway to the rest of the right. gut, and so there at that point you want to be taking steps to deal with dysbiosis. Right. Well, but, but by continuing taking the nitrate supplement, you're rebuilding that microbiome. Right. At a, at a, at a ground level up kind of thing. Right. Cool. All right. I think, I think we're done. Okay. Okay. Miss Beth, it's been a pleasure. It's been a huge pleasure to finally meet you in person. And thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me and to share all this nitric oxide wisdom with those of us who maybe underestimated it a little bit. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It was, it was a blast. Thank you. We kind of got down some little, little sidetracks, didn't we? Well, it's not a good podcast. If you don't go down a few rabbit holes, you didn't realize (laughs) that's, that's the mark I think of a good podcast because you both plan to talk about the things that you know people want to talk about, but you also leave open the possibility that you're going to touch on things that you didn't know or you didn't think about. And that will be just as interesting to people as what you thought would be interesting. So thank you for going there with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the biohacking superhuman performance podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, 
that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.